The Southern Middle Tennessee Prep Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West, Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Good Monday morning and welcome in to another full week of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are so happy and glad that you are here with us. Hanging out on this Monday morning. A beautiful Monday morning as the sun trying to peek through the clouds here on West 7th in columbia it's been a uh an eventful weekend we had a gazillion um games so we're gonna hey mo's throwing stuff this morning hey wake up just making sure everybody's awake well it uh it is working making sure everybody's awake wake up Susie. That sure. was, yeah. That. Hey, there we go. Oh, man. How was everybody's weekend? Everybody have a good time? Yeah. It was all right. It was good. It's a lot right. of basketball watched. A lot of crazy basketball. Yeah. Um, I guess we're going to get to that question that everybody hates in March. So how's your bracket? <laughs> we will definitely get to that at some point, and it's – it's probably not going to be good for anybody. Yeah. Um except for coach Mike apparently who is he cheated. It, clearly <laughs> he did something cuz yeah, that was it's been uh interesting to watch. That I I'm just like, "Wait, huh? <laughs> <laughs> who's this who's this Cully coach?" Cully coach. I like that. Anyway, yeah, I, I had um, had a wedding over here in uh, at Mule Town Lumberyard on Saturday, and let me just tell you that place is fantastic. So, what was that again? Mule Town Lumberyard. It's, it's Mule Town Lumberyard. Yeah, it's yeah. an event space. Yeah, so like you know where Battleground is mm-hmm. and where we typically park when we go there. It's the next building down. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Right in the heart of the arts district. Right in it, and it's it's a beautiful place. They just had a, a new fence installed up there on the out, outdoor <laughs> ceremony site, so you know there's a little privacy. A fence, but not a pole barn. It's not a pole barn. Okay, but if they needed one, I know a guy. We know right. a guy. Um, but yeah, so that was fun. And you know, shout out to Eric McCandless and the folks over at Mule Town Lumber Yard for allowing me to hang out and be there with them um other than that though i did watch i was actually you know during dinner i, I usually just play a playlist and so i was watching the alabama game and i was a little scared at first because when i started watching it in the second half it was you know john petty couldn't hit anything and literally <laughs> five feet from the bucket wide open couldn't put it in the hole um so that was 
and then I had um, I may or may not have had Iona at plus sixteen and a half. <laughs> so what was the final? I won the bet, uh, but it got a little scary there for a second. At first, I was like, "Oh, this is great!" You know, they're they're gonna keep it close, and Alabama's still gonna win. They're gonna win by less than sixteen and a half. And I'm gonna, you know, I I, I won the LSU bet. I won, uh, and then I had that one, and I was like, "All right, here we go." And then ended the day two and two because I had Texas minus eight and a half and uh, Missouri minus one. So, thanks, thanks. Abilene. Betting college basketball, especially this time of year, kind of strikes me as an exercise in futility. I don't know. I can see how you would think that because it's, uh, I mean, going 50% is actually not bad. Yeah. I mean, could I'll be worse. I, I'll, I'll take 50%. Most of the time. So. Could be worse. It could. It could. But other than that, that's uh like you said, JP, just watching some hoops and that sort of thing. Um I kinda watched um I, I kinda dipped away from hoops for a little bit Saturday. I watched that um South Carolina Vanderbilt baseball game. Was that the yes. near perfect? Yes. Yes. Lead off walk, then sat down the next 27, did Jack Leiter. 16 Ks. Somebody said it ought to be illegal for uh, for Vanderbilt to be able to throw the pitchers they're able to throw at you. You know, if I am an SEC coach, I'm thinking very seriously about holding my one until Sunday when I play Vanderbilt. Just get out of there with one? Yeah. I mean, probably not a bad plan. I told you that was, you know, you, if you still won, you still won, and then you got your ace on Sunday to win the series. So, I, I mean, I can see how that would be a Well, I mean, just uh, I'm just not sure throwing my ace against Rocker is the way I want to go. And Now, I'm sure that there are some coaches out there that will tell you, hey, my guy's as good as their guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you you want you want your guys to believe that when they go out on the field and everything. You don't want to show a lack of confidence in your guys. I get that. Sometimes you got to be realistic. This might be one of those times because I'll be shocked if Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter aren't one one and one two in the upcoming MLB draft. It would not surprise me at all. And and I um I don't know that that's happened on a team, let alone on a pitching staff that you've had two guys go at the top. So, I mean, it's a unique situation and it might just call for a unique approach when you face them. Oh, and they got a freshman, Christian Little, who has been dominant in midweek, and he's ready to step into one of those spots next year. <laughs> so, and Chris, the, the, so the party don't stop, you know. <laughs> and former Summit standout Chris McIlvain has not been bad in his uh, short stint. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, I, I mean, Vanderbilt's only going to get better. So yeah. not going to get any worse, that's for sure. I got to see uh, Sunday I, I stepped away from basketball to watch a little former Independence quarterback Andrew Bunch. and I am so glad to know that he's still playing football. Let me just tell you, that poor kid had no chance. Every time he looked up, he was staring at three or four red jerseys. Damn. I mean, they were just absolutely just drilling him. Well, I will say this. If his time at Independence is any indication, that's the only way you're going to stop him is to not let him throw it because as a high schooler, he may have been the best quarterback I've seen. And he hit some windows. Now, he has some receivers to throw it to, but he hit some windows that I had never seen a high school quarterback hit. I mean, he, he completed some balls, put some balls in places that, I mean, it was just uncanny the way he did it, man. And um, I, I can't imagine that he's gotten any worse collegiately, especially, you know, with the time that he spent at Nebraska and that kind of thing. So I'm I'm really happy to know that he's still playing ball. Let's put it this way. He had 120 passing yards, but they only had 24 rushing yards. And they were getting pressure with three guys. So every time he was trying to throw it, there were eight guys in the defensive backfield and three guys in his face. <laughs> and he still completed enough passes for 120 yards. The D- Jacksonville State so what you're fantastic. T- well, and SEMO's offensive line is not great. Yeah. Uh, what which what is, was that final? Which is un- 20, 21-3, uh, which is unfortunate because um, they are the reigning and defending OVC champion. Uh, but – I think you have to use the the 2019 OVC champion because it doesn't sound like they're going to defend it very well. No, no. Uh, he was 20 of 37. 20 completions, 120 yards. He was sacked four times. Uh, but, yeah, just just a tough night for uh, – or a tough afternoon for Andrew Bunch. But it was in, it was great to watch him play and uh, and see him continuing his career. Now, what year is he? Uh, I think he is a junior. I think he redshirted a year at Nebraska. Nebraska, and I think he had an injury. Wow. Rarely does the NCAA do that. And 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 he's going to get this year back, I guess. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I could. I guess he would. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's interesting. Well, I mean, he was on the twenty. He was a senior on that twenty fifteen indie team, right? So he graduated in sixteen. I'm sure he's a redshirt senior, but he will get this year back. He can play in the in the fall. Good lord. He's going to have eight degrees by the time he graduates. He very well could. Or by the time he gets done with football. Yeah. So. All right. What you got? You took time to watch SEMO J-State. I watched UTMTSU. Now, I guess we probably need to talk about that some in the second hour. with definitely get to that. With with Chip Walters. But Um, We will definitely get to that. We will – like I said, talk. We'll talk to Chip at the top of the second hour. We'll talk NCAA hoops and probably the rest of the way uh, from that. But also some Titans news from mm-hmm. this morning. Uh, all of that coming up 
in the second hour. And the first hour is we're going to get into a lot of high school stuff that, that happened over the weekend, and there's plenty of it. Mm-hmm. And you'll know that <laughs> um, after we give you the Monday rundown here. This is The Rundown. From the state basketball tournament this weekend over in Murfreesboro, Class A semifinals on Friday. Clay County defeated North Green 65-49. Memphis Academy of Health Sciences 77. Pickett County 57. In Class AA it was Greenville 47. Upperman 41. Jackson Southside 70. Kingston 45. In the AAA semis it was Houston 77. Oak Ridge 45. And Cane Ridge defeated Collierville 55-48. On the diamond baseball action, Brentwood a 7-2 winner over Rockville. Lincoln County an 11-4 winner over Bradley Central. It was Tullahoma 5, Stewart's Creek 2, Murfreesboro Central 2, Cascade 0. Coffee County blanked Pope John Paul II 7-0. And Forest a 16-0 winner over Cornersville. Also in baseball action on Friday, it was Moore County 12, Franklin County 2. Giles County defeated Lawrence County 9-1. Independence edged 11-4-3. Hickman County 18, Hampshire 4. And Summertown 12, Lewis County 9. Spring Hill fell to Loretto on Friday 8-5 as Columbia Academy blanked Dillwood 11-0. Middle Tennessee Christian was a 4-2 winner over Mount Pleasant. (laughs) And Cullioka defeated Zion Christian 4-1. You all right? I'm good now. Okay. In softball action on Friday, Coffee County defeated Clarksville Northwest 5-1. It was also Coffee County 6, Mount Juliet nothing. Um, Lawrence County 8, Columbia Central nothing in a District 8 AAA meeting. And Coffee County defeated Columbia Academy 4-2. Over at Zion Christian in, uh, I guess, pool play just they were just playing on friday night mm-hmm. i think uh Kalioka defeated spring hill eight to four loretto and community tied one to one and mount pleasant was a five four winner over zion christian at the summertown classic couple of lady eagle scores um they defeated lewis county 12-9 and fell to forest four to nothing in soccer on friday franklin county defeated cumberland county three one Summit blanked Columbia Academy 5-0. Giles County defeated Middle Tennessee Christian 5-0. And in the meet in the middle tournament over in Murfreesboro, it was Columbia Central 3, Murfreesboro Central nothing. On Saturday, Tullahoma blanked Laverne 12-0. Columbia Central a 4-1 winner over Forest. Santa Fe fell to Hickman County 14-4. Independence an 8-1 winner over Warren County and an 8-7 winner over Rockville. Also in baseball action on Saturday, Community swept Huntland 4-0 in the opener, 3-1 in the nightcap, and Perry County defeated Hampshire 2-1. On Saturday, Zion Christian Softball Tournament, Mount Pleasant 10, Kalioka 2, Loretto a 4-2 win over Spring Hill, Mount Pleasant got a 5-4 win over Zion Christian, and Loretto was also a 10-4 winner over Community, and Spring Hill blanked Kalioka 14-0. Still at the Zion Christian tournament, it was uh, Community 7, Zion Christian 5, Loretto defeated Mount Pleasant 7-3, Community 1, Spring Hill nothing, Community defeated Mount Pleasant 5-3, and in the championship game, it was Loretto 9, Community 6. 
at the Mary Val Classic Independence, a 7-2 winner over Eagleville. Eagleville did take care of Lebanon 5-3. Columbia Academy was a 5-0 winner over Eagleville. Uh, Moore County 1, Wilson Central 0, Brentwood 5, Moore County 4, Gallatin a 4-1 winner over Fairview and a 4-3 winner over Dixon County. Also Columbia Academy 14, Lebanon 1, Independence 7, Lebanon 3, Father Ryan 6-1 over Dixon County. Dixon County did defeat Green Hill 6-1 and Columbia Academy defeated Independence 16-1. At the Summertown Lady Eagles Classic, Forrest was a 12-2 winner over Collinwood, a 1-0 winner over Lexington, and then Summertown uh, had a 4-0 win over Wayne County, 12-0 over Richland, and 1-0 over Forrest. In soccer action, back at the Meet in the Middle Tournament over in Murfreesboro, Columbia Central defeated Gallatin 2-0 and Siegel 3-1. Today's Monday schedule, beginning at 4 p.m. in baseball action, Shelbyville hosts Lawrence County, Summertown hosting Wayne County, Richland hosting Community at 5. Also at 5 is Zion Christian traveling to Christ Presbyterian Academy at 5.30. Mount Pleasant will take will take. The trip to McEwen and a first pitch 6 p.m. Columbia Central is at Franklin County and Perry County is at Loretto. 6.30 first pitches, Grace Christian at Columbia Academy, Spring Hill at Independence, and Summit at Franklin. 5 o'clock softball action today. Community travels to Cullioca. Zion Christian hosts Middle Tennessee Christian. And in 11 AAA action, Spring Hill travels to Independence. At 5.30, Lincoln County travels to Lawrence County. Santa Fe goes to East Hickman. At 6 o'clock, Richland hosts Collinwood. Columbia Academy travels to Ardmore, Alabama, and Tullahoma will play at Columbia Central. In boys' soccer action, on the pitch at 6 p.m., it's Christ Presbyterian at Zion and Webb Bellbuckle at Columbia Academy. JUCO baseball action at 1 p.m., Columbia State will host Motlow State. And in junior college softball, at 12 noon, a doubleheader. Columbia State travels to Cleveland State. And that is your Monday Rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. We got it all in. It took like 10 minutes, but we got it all in. (laughs) All right, we're going to be – it was also a joke and an applause. That's correct. Intentional. When we come back, we will talk high school sports and uh, all of some action from this past weekend, which was a lot. So we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. 
Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Talking high school sports, here's Mo and Chris. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Having a good time here on... In the Front Porch Sports Radio headquarters on West 7th, the patchwork West 7th, it's it's better than it has been. That's all I'll say. Well. (laughs) I'm not sure exactly what that means. Well, it means it could be worse. The bar was low. The bar was low. Yeah. Low, low, low. I love those commercials. Those commercials, the Kroger commercials. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah. Uh, JP doesn't know. J- JP, did you uh, notice we have some new friends in the in the studio this morning? Just look over your right shoulder there. Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Pretty excited. I'll get a camera on that here in just a moment. We'll have to show you our, our, our new found friends, Kevin Dyson and Rusty. Rusty. Rusty the Steel Dog. <laughs> I like that. So. Uh, that's Dr. Dyson to Yeah, you. it is. It is Dr. Dyson. That's yeah. the, the man. Yeah. Grassland Middle Principal, Dr. Dyson. Grassland Middle. Yep. Drive by there sometimes when I'm coming to Franklin. I rarely get over that way. I have to pass right through there to get to Franklin, so it's not too bad. So, Saturday, you got a chance to get out to Zion. I did. So let's talk about that real quick because this Zion Christian Invitational Softball Tournament um, was, first of all, it's an invitational softball tournament, but it's kind of a backwards invite. It was an open invite, and they took the first, like, five or six teams that said they wanted to play. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like Zion invited people. It was a backwards invite. It was, hey, it's open. Come on. But we're only taking like five of them. If you want to play, come on. Yeah. So, so um, you know, um, and it, the coaches that I talked to were all enthused about the tournament from the standpoint that, again, no preseason scrimmages. Folks tired of looking at each other. They wanted to get some games in. And, and you know, as Justin Tidwell down at Loretta, whose team ultimately won the tournament, said – we're still trying to figure out where folks can play. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when you've not done anything but play against yourself, either in inter-squad inter- or whatever else you're doing, it's kind of tough to get that feel. You know, who's going to respond to live pitching and, and what you're going to do defensively because no matter what you try to cover in practice, something will come up in a game that you've not. That's and, correct. And so, you know, that was kind of what Russ Adcock spoke to during the tournament. You know, just just haven't covered everything. And so this was that opportunity for those teams to to see some live action and put some folks in some places and maybe put some folks in some uncomfortable places just to see how they respond. But Because you, you can't win much of anything in March. In softball, 
But you can put yourself in position to maybe win something in May by finding out who can do what and that kind of thing. Again, Justin Tidwell said every one of his pitchers was on the basketball team. So, so you can imagine how much work they've gotten here recently. They they were a little preoccupied with other things. Basically not. So, um, and despite that, <laughs> despite that, they won the tournament. They won the tournament. Yeah. So, uh, but much like basketball, softball, a tournament sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you got to do is get in. Once you're and, in, and everybody's in. So once you are in that into that tournament. That's all that matters. It, it you can, you can literally do nothing all year long. But if your pitchers are pitching well at the right time, and it, I mean, especially in that class A level. Yeah, I mean, there there's no sport that is as driven by one position. I don't think as softball is by pitching. If you've got one pitcher, again, like you said, particularly at the class A level. If you got one pitcher, and they're hot at the right time, you can ride that a long way. As we saw in that uh, that community Spring Hill game, yeah, <laughs> where that's that's tough, and um, I think I think that was a tough situation for Cat Carter. I think it was a tough situation for. Um, for Gary Caperton, because you've got a D1 signee in the circle. She strikes out 12, but she gives up a single down the left field line to um, lead off the top of the fourth. I'm sorry, not to lead it off. With one out in the top of the fourth, gives up a single down the left field line to break up a perfect a perfect game. Wow. Not yeah, surprising. For the, for the second time on Saturday, actually. Mm. But – um. And then the throwback into the infield was mishandled at second base, so the runner moves up. Pass ball moves to the third. Sack bunt scores her one nothing community final. Mm. And that's tough. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you strike tough. out 12, you give up one hit, and you lose one nothing. Mm. Tough day at the office. That is a tough day. And that was the elimination game for the Lady Raiders. Yeah. Um, and again, it's not necessarily about winning or losing that tournament specifically, but you know that's a that's a very winnable ball game right there. Obviously, when you get that kind of performance in the circle, and so you know it's tough. They're going to have to find a way to generate enough offense to overcome that type defense behind their pitching, because as as Caperton was saying, they've got four players returning two of them are division one signees mm. with Carter and with Denaja Wade who is headed to Alabama A and M. But they've got four starters returning out of fifteen players on their roster. Everybody else, he said, are either newbies or played very limited, you know, in J V. And I think they played three games last year mm. before yeah. everything shut down. So so you're not talking about a whole lot of experience once you get past Carter, Wade, um, Brooke Hill, and Bella Umstead. I, Umstead. My guess me. is there. I mean, there probably aren't a lot of kids in Spring Hill playing, you know, travel softball either. So I, I don't know. At least maybe they are. But still, 
I mean, that doesn't mean that if they play second base for a travel team, doesn't mean they can play second base for you because you may have a second baseman or, you know, there's just so many things that, you know, that having a season last year or not having one really, you know, puts you in a bind early this year. So, Well, it puts you in a bind from a coaching staff point just because even if they're doing whatever it is that they're doing at the travel ball level, you've not seen it. So right. it's kind of tough for you to have that confidence putting them at X if you've not seen them play at X. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, it's tough for everybody. You can't – I mean – that that's that's just the way it is you know there, there's thank you bruce hornsby every single every single team is dealing with this yeah i mean, it's, I mean it's a level I, playing field i think some less than other i think to some degree you know i think different degrees you know but yeah sure. everybody is dealing with that bit of uncertainty you know at columbia academy you know they've they've got a lot of kids back from last year so even though they didn't play a lot last year Certainly the nucleus of that team is back at the same positions. You've seen them play. And so, I mean, that was a young team when they won the state championship back in 19. So you've still got a lot of those same kids. Um, Makes it a little easier transition into this year than maybe for a team that was senior heavy in 19 or senior heavy last year. Lost a lot of kids trying to fill a lot of spots. So... Yeah, I think that there is a that degree of unknown that every team has, but depending on what your personnel looks like and your familiarity with it, maybe there's not as much unknown from team to team. Yeah, there are certainly some teams who who have not had to deal with it nearly as much. Um, Wes Duncan says he loves the swag. Says you look like a hitting coach for the Braves. Yeah, and you saw my response. No, no, they. They, they've got the Hall of Famer down there in, in spring training and Chipper Jones. I think they'll be just fine without my help. <laughs> Dad said he watched softball over the weekend. I'm sure he watched Alabama. I think I think Alabama and UT played over the weekend. Was that, um, I think UT won that series, didn't they? Uh, they certainly won um, the first game. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. They over. They no. They did not. They won the first game four three, and then lost seven one, and then three nothing. Oh wow! To the second ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. By the Speaking way. Speaking of Tennessee, um, freshman Blade Tidwell coming through at Athens yesterday helped the Vols to a series win over Georgia. Mm. So Loretta, oh, stand up on the bigger diamond. Yeah. Yeah, he's been um, it's been quite impressive up there for the Vols in his freshman campaign. Yeah, as a as a softball guy, uh, I, I wouldn't know because I just don't watch a lot of college baseball. So, but uh, I do watch a lot of college softball after after the hoops are over. I'm watching college softball almost exclusively. So. Uh, real quick, before we get to a break, want to mention that we do have a photo gallery on sm-tnsports.com of the Spring Hill Columbia Central rugby game. Uh, a match? Match. Match, I, I think. think it's a match. I think it's a match. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I used to work with a guy who was a former rugby player who really helped with this type of thing. Yeah. 
Scott Fields definitely is a rugby guy. Oh, no question. Yeah, I really, my my only experience with rugby was the parties at the rugby parties at JSU were the best parties at JSU. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Rugby well, parties are. I mean, you're talking about folks playing football without helmets, basically. So yeah, I can see how that could be. We're fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Scott was my rugby expert. Really miss him. Um, Spring Hill 29, Columbia Central, nothing in that. Thanks to Buffy Holt for the, for the great picks. Also, we've got coverage on the website of Columbia Central's sweep on the pitch at the meet in the middle tournament over in Murfreesboro this weekend. Let's talk a little bit about that on the other side of the break. What do you say? That'll work. All right. We're going to take a quick break on Southern Middle Tennessee sports today. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Covering the teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. As you can see on the screen before we got love, sports memorabilia, and headphones. <laughs> we were supposed to have a, uh, a Columbia Lions helmet filling that empty void, but uh, I think I think Mm-mm. we got talking and, and maybe it slipped the mind of our friend. Or maybe we just got okie-doked. I, I don't think so. Uh, come on, Coach. You wouldn't do that to us. Co- coach Dickinson wouldn't do that to us, I don't think. Okay. I, th- I think we just got – I think, you know – Things slip your mind at a certain age. <laughs> I'm just getting with you, Coach. No, there's there's no think to it. Oh man, um, no. We, we we love Coach Dickinson, and we'd love him more if he bring us a Columbia Lions helmet. <laughs> Put it in our empty spot. Oh man, um, visit us on the website sm-tnsports.com because there you can find coverage of high school sports from. The weekend had the rugby photo gallery, some softball stuff, uh, roundup uh, baseball, so- baseball and soccer from uh, Friday, all kinds of great stuff. You can watch the show live on Facebook or on the website, sm-tnsports.com. Find all of that and more. Today's schedule is available. It's um it's the first story up right now on the on the website or you can click the schedule tab at the top of the page, and it will tell you that uh, that entire schedule for the week. So, if you're curious as to what games are, being and it's played, quite lengthy, <laughs> it's it, this is the longest schedule. And you mentioned how difficult it is. I can't imagine how difficult it has to be to put that thing together. It's not easy. Perhaps we should. It's not that even up. a labor of love. I'm not even going to tell you that. It's just one of those things that has to be done. So we might have to divvy that up. You might have to give me softball and you take baseball or something. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. No, that's okay. I'd rather just do it and complain about it. 
<laughs> if he didn't if he didn't do it, he wouldn't be able to complain about it. Exactly. And therefore There you go. I mean <laughs> I'm just messing with you. No, you're fine. Oh one of the stories we have up is a a little little bit of a story from the central uh meet in the middle Columbia Central went to the Meet in the Middle tournament over in Murfreesboro where they got a chance to take on some some pretty solid competition. Uh, yeah, um, played Murfreesboro Central on Friday, then turned around and played Gallatin and pseudo-host Siegel, I guess, on Saturday. Um, gave up one goal in three games, uh, defeated Murfreesboro Central 3 nothing on Friday, and then... Um, Defeated Gallatin two to nothing and Siegel three to one. Had to come back and win that Siegel game. Gave up the first goal. Um, Brewer Wall scored twice um, to to ultimately win that one. So um, playing pretty well right now. Through their first four games, they are outscoring their opponents eleven to one. Um, Dane Holly with three shutouts in goal. So. Greg Sidlowski pretty pleased with the way his team has opened. Um, going back to that three nothing win last Tuesday over Shelbyville in District Eight AAA action to open the year. So um, they play tomorrow night at home against Franklin County in another district game, and um, I think this is a team that really approaches this season as unfinished business as much as anyone. They had gone to the state sectionals or substate, depending on your terminology, each of the last two years and were really looking to make that next step last year, particularly with um, one of the top scorers, certainly in the mid-state, possibly in the state, in Preston Price, who is now a freshman at Lipscomb University. Um, He was going to have 100 goals in his career. I don't remember if he actually got there or not before the shutdown. But, again, one of the more dynamic players in the area really felt like they were going to do some damage, take that next step and get to Murfreesboro, and everything got shut down. So I I think this team, as much as anybody, really feels like they've got a score to settle this spring. And and this team, as much as anybody, can settle that score. I mean – this is a team that has an opportunity to be very good in that AAA. Again, um, when you've got a goalie like Dane Holly who is playing the way he's playing right now and they've got really balanced scoring. I mean, they've got two or three guys that have multiple goals in these four games so far. Um, Cameron Smith, Brewer Wall, um, Brandon Carascosa. Uh, they, they've got some firepower from some different areas. And um, – I think that's what's got um, Sidlowski so so excited about this team, in particular coming off of last year. They are not the only ones who are dealing with unfinished business. Um, softball specifically for Columbia Academy, who really was looking forward to that move to D two and see what they you know where they kind of stacked up against some very good competition in Division Two uh, last year. They were unable to do so as the defending Class A state champion mm-hmm. uh, in Division One in 2019. So that that's another team that's really looking forward to to this season, and I think everybody is. I mean, it's 
just the fact that they're able to play has been fantastic. Oh, oh, no question. And you know, talk to Seth after the Seth Anderson, the the Columbia Academy softball coach. Talk to him after their game last Tuesday against Independence. And you know, if if you've been involved in in sports at all. Um, you've heard somebody say play every game like it's your last. Hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody even has to say that anymore. I think it's just understood after what took place last year that, you know, a lot of folks didn't know they were playing their last game when they played their last game, and particularly some last year's seniors. And so these upperclassmen now really, I would imagine, are taking that to heart even without tangibly hearing somebody say it you know they know how quickly and and how easily it can be taken away now i mean the situation that we're in right now i i don't think that's necessarily um a fear but at the same time having gone through that you're playing you're playing and you're not you know, I would think it's got to be an, an emotion, a, a mindset that kind of stays with you. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, because you don't, I, we don't know what tomorrow holds. I mean, a meteor could <laughs> hit, and you know, and and then we're in. Who knows? I mean, you never know what could happen. So, I mean, that's why. Just like when I, I mean, that's that's exactly what I talked to Chad Kirby about. Summit baseball coach last year was, you know, you don't have to motivate them to play their best every every time out anymore because of that and i think that's a positive for everybody um coaches especially because you know you hopefully you can get the most out of your players each and every time they go out on the on the field so really you know i'm just i'm excited to get out into some warm weather Watch some some softball some baseball uh, i'll get a chance to go out to independence today where spring hill We'll play softball at 5 and baseball at 6.30 against Independence. Um, that should be fun. I think it's going to be good. I really do. I think both games will be interesting, uh, exciting. Anytime you get a chance to see um, Paul Lamb and Mike McClary go against each other, it's a, it's going to be a really uh, fun game. And that being a district matchup is always good. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you're heading out to Columbia Academy. I am heading over to Columbia Academy to catch the um, the Bulldogs and Grace Christian in a um, Division Two District Three matchup. Um, Columbia Academy of the seventeen run per game offense, a mark that's actually down following their eleven nothing win Friday at Hillwood. So right, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to wager that they won't score 17 runs today. No, my my, you would probably be 100 percent accurate, and, and I say that because you know Grace, which Grace Christian is coming off of uh, a long trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heck of a road trip, isn't it? It is a heck of a road trip to uh, Boca Raton, <laughs> as uh, we can talk, as we have talked to. Uh, Chip Walters about in the he, past. He's familiar with Boca Raton. I, I wonder if Brad Myers reached out to Chip for um for some travel advice, <laughs> some eateries and that kind of thing. Chip Chip could certainly clue them in on some stuff. Well, they went down. Uh, they went down to the tournament. So 
They played in the Fort Lauderdale HSBN tournament um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then they played Boca Raton uh, on Friday. So got got went three and two down there. Fifteen nothing win over Somerset Canyons, Florida. Eleven seven win over West Boca Raton, uh, and then they lost to that Palm. Palm Beach, Beach Gardens team that was mm-hmm. so good nine to seven uh, fell to West Boca Raton seven to three on Friday and then defeated Boca Raton seven to three. So that's not confusing at all. No, no. <laughs> good. Ba- basically, this is a good baseball team, right? And it's gonna be a tough, tough matchup for these Bulldogs. I tell you what. Here's what's interesting. So today's game will be. At Columbia Academy at six thirty tomorrow, they will play at Grace Christian. Grace Christian's home field over in Leapers Fork, <laughs> the Clyde as they call it, Clyde Pewitt Field. Um, actually, my travel team years ago used to play on it. Very short field. Rut row rag. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, uh, high pop ups tend to. Find their way over the fence sometimes. Mm, particularly in right, right center. Gotcha. Yeah. For left-hander, mm-hmm. huh? I wonder. Go figure. I wonder I, how that's going to play. Yeah. I, I, you I know wonder. how that's going to play? Here, take four pitches. Mm. Go to first base. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, Enjoy you, your trot to first, you, you Kavaris. May want, you may want to take the bat out of the Tennessee signee's hand tomorrow. Not so. a bad plan. Not a bad plan. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we've got Chip Walters who we can talk some MTSU sports with. Really excited about that, as we always do on Monday. So stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We will be right back right after this. 